This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Back in the mid and and late 1990s, Washington State University Cougars had this superstar quarterback. His name was Ryan Leaf. Okay. Ryan Leaf was phenomenal. He's fantastic. The only question for the 1998 NFL draft was going to be, was he going to be the first selection or the second? He was that good. Okay. He is the cream of the crop. He ends up being selected number two. He signs a contract worth about $5 million a year. Okay. The future was bright, and then it wasn't. Four years later, four NFL teams later, mostly because of bad play, poor work ethic, and a bad attitude and injuries, Ryan Leaf is no longer in the NFL. Just four years later, he was considered to be at that time and still today one of the, if not the biggest bust in NFL draft history. I want you to know that Ryan had ears. And when people were saying that he was the biggest bust in NFL draft history, he heard it. And it caused great emotional pain, as you can imagine, right? Ryan remembered that when he was in the NFL, he would take these painkillers that would help him with his physical pain. And he decided that he would use those painkillers to see if they would help with his emotional pain. And one thing led to another, which led to another, and Ryan ends up getting arrested and convicted for felony theft and felony drug possession and sentenced to prison from being the the number two pick in the NFL draft to being sentenced to prison. He's in prison for about 30 or 32 months. And, and while he was there, for the most part, for the most part, he was the victim in his own mind. For the most part, he, he assumed and thought that he was worthless, that he was of no value. And then his cellmate one day had had enough and told Ryan the truth. Ryan, you are valuable. You're valuable right here in prison. And you're going to be valuable when you get out of prison. And yes, Ryan, you are going to get out of prison one day. That cellmate took Ryan down to the prison library where that cellmate and Ryan began to teach some of the prisoners who didn't know how to read to read. Looking back on that, Ryan said, you know, that is, the first time in my life I could ever actually remember really serving someone. You see, as as a superstar athlete, kind of a, a prima donna, people were always taking care of him, always serving him. And this is the first time 
that he can remember where he actually invested into someone else's life. Well, right now, Ryan is a program ambassador for the Transcend Recovery community. And he goes all over the, all over the nation speaking about his success through failure. This past summer, too, just a couple of months ago, Ryan was signed on by ESPN to be an analyst. And this is what Ryan says about his life, his story. He says, my story is filled with broken pieces, terrible choices, and ugly truths. It's also filled with a major comeback, peace in my soul, and a grace that saved. Ryan Leaf got a second chance. Second chances are super important. You know, a lot of times when, when people look at this book, the, the Bible, they think that it's, it's filled with, with people who are just good people, right? Uh, that, that don't need to repent, that don't need any second chances. Well, actually, when you, you turn into this book, you can pretty much just go to any page and you can call the person good or not. But the bottom line is, is that whoever that is, really, except for Jesus, that person needs to repent and needs a second chance. You know, as Pastor Ben was introducing Exodus to us, that, that reading this morning, right, he introduced us to Moses, who was a murderer before he became a leader of millions. There's a guy in here, Abraham. Abraham gave his wife to another man, not once, but to another man twice. And yet you and I will look at Abraham, many of us will, and we'll see that he's in the human ancestry. He's kind of that pinnacle part of the human ancestry of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He had, he had a big second chance, right? There's Peter. Peter was the spokesman of the disciples, kind of the leader. You know, when a statement needed to make, he was the press secretary of the day, right? Okay. And when Jesus really could have used some support and some encouragement, Peter, the spokesman of the disciples, says of Jesus, yeah, I don't even know him. Okay. I don't, I don't. Not even an acquaintance. And yet after Jesus' resurrection, Jesus reinstates Peter. Peter goes on to start numerous churches, and God the Holy Spirit used him to write a couple of the books that we have in our New Testament. And then there's Paul that Pastor Ben also mentioned, who for some of us, we know that before he was Paul, he was known as Saul. Uh, a murderer, someone who went around it and persecuted people for following Jesus. I mean, he, this guy went out of his way to do that. And God came to him and gave him a second chance. And Paul, instead of persecuting the church, became a part of the church. God used him so that Paul is at least a three-time world missionary. And the Holy Spirit worked through him to such a degree that in the New Testament, we have at least 13 books written by Paul. All these guys got a second chance. 
And that, of course, leads us to Jonah, who we've been studying the last couple of weeks in our series, Wanted, right? Jonah was this prophet of God, and and God said to Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go up to to Nineveh, and I've got a message for you to share with the people. And Jonah's like, yeah, no, okay, God, what you're saying is really clear. I understand it. I get it, but it isn't going to happen. And Jonah took off instead of going north. He went west, as far west in the then known world. Only while he was on his way, when he was on this ship in the Mediterranean Sea, this huge storm came up, right? And and everybody was freaking out. They they knew they were going to lose their lives. And Jonah told the sailors, hey, the, the way to get this all to stop is just throw me overboard, it's, it's my fault. They don't want to do it, right? They don't want to do it. But finally, I mean, this, this ship is ready to break apart, so they throw him overboard. And there's Jonah in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea with 30, 40, 50 foot swells of water coming down, landing right on top of him and pushing him down, 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 down. And he is drowning. And then as Pastor Ben mentioned last week, God sent the original Jaws onto the scene and swallowed Jonah up whole. And from inside that belly of the fish, Jonah confesses his sins, repents of them, proclaims this amazing salvation that comes only from God. And then that big fish takes Jonah to shore and spits him out. Jonah gets a second chance. And that's where we pick up our lesson today. Jonah chapter three. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Okay, So Nineveh is is this huge metropolitan, big-time city. It's got this, that, and everything, okay? It's got parks, it's got palaces, it's got gardens, it's got temples to pagan gods. It is beautiful. It is not some dusty, dirty place. This is an amazing thing. This is a destination venue, okay? And back in the day, when, when they wanted to protect what they had, to protect the city, they would build a wall, okay? And, and the wall around the city of Nineveh wasn't like 40 feet high or anything like that. It was, it was 100 feet high, about double the size of this church facility that we're in right now. And, and that wall wasn't like cinder block thick, you know, 18 inches or something. That wall was so thick that three chariots side by side by side could go around on the top of that wall. This is an amazing big place. 
Okay, and, and in Jonah chapter 4, we, we learn that there are 120,000 people inside this city that don't know their right from their left hand. What that means is there's like 120,000 people that are little bitty kids. They don't know which is their right, which is their left. And so scholars tell us in this great city of Nineveh, there are like at least a half million people. So think of the city of Milwaukee in there. Uh, and Jonah is sent there. And maybe you'll remember those of you who are able to be here in our, in our first week, one of, the, one of the commentaries on Nineveh was this, that there are people's bodies laying all over, right? Some of them, they're laying all over the street because they're drunk. And some of them are laying all over the street because they've been murdered. Right, And it's into that venue that Jonah goes with his message. And now, usually when, when someone is preparing a message with public speaking and everything, the, the rule of thumb is that for every minute someone speaks, it takes an hour of preparation. Okay? Usually there's a, a compelling story with twists and turns and cliffhangers and, and maybe some visual aids. Well, well, Jonah goes in, and he's pretty much that story, just himself, right? And he shares with the people of Nineveh the message that God has given to him. It is five Hebrew words long and eight English words. And he says to them, 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. You've got 40 days and you're done. But you know what? It, the, the people of Nineveh didn't need 40 days. Jonah's message went viral. And this is what happened next. The, the Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, all of them from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth, let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. God moved into Nineveh. And he overturned their hearts. The, the people of Nineveh previous were far, far away from God. And now they're hand in hand with God. They repent of their sin. We, we see that they've repented of their sin. They've changed their ways. They, they take off their designer brand name clothes and they put on this sackcloth. Admittingly open, we blew it. We need mercy. We need, to, we need to trust you, God. We trust you, God. Forgive us. 
You see, the greatest miracle in the book of Jonah is not that big fish. Okay, we're adults now, right? That's a miracle, but that's not the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle in the book of Jonah is that a half million or so people came to faith. The greatest miracle in the book of Jonah is faith given by the second chance of God's grace. So don't think that Jonah's about a big fish. It's about God's grace. That's a pretty powerful story. Half million or so people coming to faith. So the question I have for you and for me is, do you know anyone who needs to repent? I'm not talking about like faraway countries like, you know, where Nineveh now is Mosul, Iraq. I'm not talking about the country of Iraq. I'm not even talking about like New York City or something, you know, that far away or, or even, you know, the city of Milwaukee or, or Franklin or Oak Creek. Do you know anyone who needs to repent? I'm talking close by. I'm not even talking uh, the, as far away as the person sitting next to you. I'm, I'm talking to you to me, do you need, do I need to repent of any sin? Have, have, I been, have you been just kind of hanging on with a, with a way, an attitude, a, an action, a language that, that you know, you're just kind of sliding by? I know it's not that good, but I'm still doing it. Do you know anyone? Who needs a second chance? A second chance at marriage? A second chance at parenting? A second chance at work? A second chance at life? There's this uh, amazingly life-changing, powerful message. It's the same message that Jonah brought to Nineveh. It's the exact same message that Jesus began his earthly ministry with. Do you know what that message is? It's the message that Jesus has for you and for me today. That message is one word. That message is repent. Admit your shortcomings, your failures, your weaknesses, your sins. Admit that you need a second chance. Admit that comparing yourself to a, another sinful human being is not where it's it meant that you need a second chance, a second chance with God. Because you see, it's when you and I admit that we're really not that good, 
that we really need Jesus, that is when we experience the fullness of the immeasurable and unconditional grace of God. That's always been there, but when you and I hold back, we don't experience the fullness of God's grace. Friends, God's grace is the thing that not only forgives you, it is the thing that empowers you in me. God's grace is the life change that we want and that we need. You see, Jesus, he's the God of second chances. Lamentations 3 says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We get a second chance. Not because God's changed his mind about sin. Not because God is like a teacher in the school and the, and the grade didn't come. So let's do a retake, you know. Uh, God's not like our, our golf coach and we're out there and we tee off and we slam our drive out into the woods and hey, gives us a mulligan, you know. Have a second chance, you know. See, Jesus went in to the wood of the cross. His perfect flesh became with the wood of the cross for our imperfect life to take away all of our sin and to give us a a second chance for time and for all eternity. See, Jesus sees all. Jesus knows all. And Jesus comforts and soothes and forgives and redeems and renews and restores and transforms and empowers and loves. Jesus gives us a second chance. Jonah was given a second chance and he used that second chance to give a whole city a second chance as well. Friends, did you realize, do you realize that God is pursuing other people through you? That that God wants to use your story to reach into other people's story so that Jesus' story can reach them. You see, what what happens all too often is is that we look at our story and we think our, our story is so bad that it is an obstacle to God's grace. But I want you to know that that your story. Whatever your story is, just like my story, is not an obstacle 
to God's grace. It is actually the vehicle of God's grace to you and through you for others. You see, your second chance is for a second chance also for other people. In Sinclair Ferguson's book on Jonah, Man Overboard, he comments on Jonah and his running away and then coming back to Nineveh. And it says this, God intends to bring life out of death. We may well think of this as the principle behind all evangelism. We relate better to broken people when we acknowledge our brokenness too. What that means is that I know a guy that, that has been sharing his faith forever. They're just super faithful, super caring, super compassionate. He's just sharing Jesus with people and, and people really were like, yeah, whatever. And then that man went through some super difficult times. And as he was sharing how Jesus was working in his life through those difficult times, that's when he gained a hearing. That was what was attractive to other people. See, it's, it's like that little kid's song, right? When, when we are weak, he is strong. Friends, you, you and I, we may live in a post-truth world, but our world is still messy, right? We, people still need second chances. There's, there's still murder. There's still adultery. There's still lying. There's still cheating. There's still uh, emotional pain. There's still sickness. There's still death. There's still the need of the second chance. Jesus is that second chance. Consider this, Christian Moore is on his first day of school, Wichita, Kansas, and he gets to school. He lets go of his mom and he heads into school and he looks over and he sees uh, Connor Kreitz. Doesn't know who Connor is, just sees him as another little boy going to his first day of school. And Connor's standing by himself, and he's crying. Christian goes over to Connor, never met him before, grabs his hand, and walks him into the elementary school uh, where they're classmates. See, Christian didn't know that Connor is autistic. He just saw someone who needed a chance. Christian's mom ended up taking a, a picture of this and, and Connor's mom said, you know, skin color doesn't matter. Disability doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. Not anything matters. We just need to be kind and have an open heart. Friends, God is giving you his hand and his heart and a second chance. To whom will you extend your hand? 
To whom will you give your heart? To whom will you give a second chance? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity at a second chance. It's wide open. Lord, you know inside each of our hearts, we each have our own struggles, our own issues, the things that we deal with, the things that we've tried to cover up, the things that we've tried to excuse. You know our own weaknesses, our own failures, the times where we've really tried and tried, we did our best and we still blew it. Lord, we need you. We need the second chance that Jesus gives. Lord, thank you for offering Jesus. And may each and every one of us, no matter who we are, no matter what's in the past, no matter what the regret, no matter what, that we would take you up on that second chance and be forgiven and go forward following your will and offering your second chance to those around us. Lord, we pray this and we ask that it would change our lives, transform our lives, and we pray this, that it would transform the lives of the people around us, our world, in the powerful and saving name of the Savior of the world, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.